Two's company. Three's a podcast. It's Schmanners. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? You know, as good as it gets, I think. Oh, okay. Cool. Just like the movie. <laughs> Just like the movie. <laughs> um, at hey. I'm feeling very nostalgic. Yeah? Should we talk about your nostalgia or should we introduce our guest? I think we should introduce our guest. It'll be more interesting. Yeah, so we can welcome her to the show as well. She's been on Schmanners before, one of our few guests. Uh, she talked with us, I believe, about tourism. Mm-hmm. Um, and here she is again. You may know her from Allison Rosen is your new best friend, as well as her new parenting podcast, Childish. Am I saying that right, Allison Rosen? You're saying it exactly right. You are hitting it out of the park. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, I did your um, I did your live sketch fest Schmanners yeah. podcast. Was a blast. And I had the thank best time. Thank you for being I, there. You thank you for funny. having me. No, you guys made it funny. No, oh. maybe I, I, I'd like to think I helped make it funny, but you guys made it very informative. I was very impressed with your ability to give advice. Um, oh, on Childish, you. we give parenting advice. And oftentimes when the, and I shouldn't even admit this, but when the questions come in, I think, huh, I wonder how I'm going to answer that. So yeah. I'm, do you guys have that uh, with, with uh, giving advice on Schmanners? Because my, my memory is that you were like very um, confident in the advice you gave and it was really good advice. Well, here's, here's a couple of inside Schmanners. Uh, I don't usually look at the questions beforehand, even though Travis does his due diligence and sends them to me. Yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't usually look at them beforehand. um, And the heart of a lot of my advice defers to people like um, Miss Manners and um, Emily Emily Post and things like that. So like. I pretty much say the same things over and over again, and they are the ones who really give the advice. Teresa has uh, once again offered great advice about giving advice. <laughs> um, so, uh, Allison, I believe you know this. Teresa is about, uh, I almost said halfway pregnant. That's I mean, not what I mean. We're about halfway to about due halfway. date. Congratulations. Uh, and she's exhausted. It's 8.45 p.m. here. Might as well be like 3 a.m. Yeah, oh, I... My second pregnancy, uh, I in between my pregnancies, I had forgotten about just the crushing fatigue. And it's harder yes. when you have a kid, as you guys know. Oh. I feel like uh, with my first pregnancy, I could just lay around the house yeah. and just be as still as I wanted. Well, but now BB's here. Like, yes, of course you can't do that anymore. We have a three foot tall like monster who runs <laughs> around and it just needs your attention all the time. And it, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm because I'm not gonna I'm too busy playing video games and watch TV, you know right. what I mean? Yeah, and eating you, potato chips. Right, you've got your first loves. Yeah, <laughs> my potato chips. Now here's the thing: 
I was going to say also, that. Also, I'm older now. Yes. Well, listen, we're all older now and now mm. and now. And now. Um, I was going to make a joke about how, you know, oh, we talk about children and the show's childish, but we're not talking about children. But actually, we're talking about crowds. <laughs> when you start to get up to like two, three kids, it gets very crowded. So I guess it, it kind of works. Yeah. Now, you, if I remember, I'm trying to remember the name of uh, your book. It's uh, Casual Attire. It's Tropical oh. Attire. You were, you were yes. very close. Tropical Attire and Courage and Other Phrases That Scare Me. And the title came from an essay in the book. Um, I received an invite to a party that said Tropical Attire Encouraged. And a friend of mine kept texting me asking if I was going to go. And the story is just kind of about how if there's anything I'm not going to go to, it's a party that encourages tropical attire. And why is everyone trying to take all of our clothes off? And can't we just go to like a sweater party and stuff like that? Just uh, yeah, yes. feelings about my upper arms and social anxiety. There is something about that. I also that. have feelings about my upper arms. I'm not a fan of mine. I like mine. Well, really? good for you. I'm a beefcake, though. You're now, so you have such body positivity, Travis. Well, I, I admire. I just it. have overall positivity. <laughs> I'm great. Now, I brought. I I when somehow I connected that in my mind. Uh, tra- uh, uh, ca- uh, you even said it. <laughs> tropical attire encouraged. That that title made me think like. I imagine I know how Allison Rosen feels about big crowds, but I thought I'd ask you, how do you feel about big crowds, Allison Rosen? Not a fan. Not a fan. Mm, that's um, what I would have guessed. Yes. Yes. I went through a phase where I liked to go to outdoor concert. Actually, and maybe everyone went through this phase. Um, maybe not someone as overall positive as you, Travis, but I went through a phase where I was like, I want to be the popular girl who's included in everything. And this was mm-hmm. back in high school. You want to um, be where the people are. Yeah. I want to be Travis that person definitely who feels that like I wanted to be time. Mallory from family ties to use yeah. a not timely reference. I was okay. like, I love shopping. I love the mall. When I turn 16, I want to drive a white cabriolet with a surfboard in it. You know, I just very much didn't know who I was yet. I was a yes. person who pretended I enjoyed tropical attire. So that person did love crowds, but this person, the one I truly am detests crowds um i find it very uh agitating anxiety provoking i'm always afraid that i'll need to get to a bathroom and i won't be able to and you know Mm. basic like concerns of a 65 year old person now what about you Teresa? um you know i don't mind crowds i don't seek them out i definitely i was not the kind of person to go to concerts and things um still not uh but like I can navigate a crowd as long as I know it's going to end. <laughs> yes. See, I have no problem with crowds that are moving. Like convention crowds don't really bother me. You know, everyone's like it's moving from place to place. Even if you get jostled, I, I don't mind that. I cannot stand standing room only crowds where you're right. like you're near the front and it's like there is no way I'm getting out of here. I'm stuck right. here forever. This is where I die. Do um, you guys get claustrophobia? Oh, yes. But I only get claustrophobia if I can't move around. I have no problem like being in an elevator or being in a closed space or whatever. But as soon as I feel like my maneuverability is compromised, I start to get very antsy. Uh, No, I'm fine with tiny spaces. How do you feel about big spaces? That's a thing, too, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, open spaces. Yeah, I think I'm okay with those two. Okay. What about medium spaces? Also this. Okay. Then I guess we're all set. Hey, we've got a bunch of questions, but first, Teresa... Can you tell us a little bit about, 
I can't. I, the history of crowds? Well, no. Okay. Oh, I want to talk about the psychology. One, a long time ago, two people stood together. <laughs> and they were a couple, but a third person a joined two. them. I, by the way, I looked up because I had it in my head that there was more to two's company, Three's a Crown. I was like, I think there's like a one, a two, a three. And it's just two's company, three's a crown. But what is interesting to me is the number of like dictionary entries I found defining what that phrase means. When to me, it seems like the most like, like clear. Pretty pr- self-explanatory. Yeah, right. Like it's about third wheels. <laughs> and no, but welcome to the show, Allison. It's so great to have you here. Thank you. I well, feel like a third wheel. But you're a welcome third wheel, like a like a tricycle. <laughs> Thank you. Um. So what I want to talk about instead of the history, because like you said, whenever three people get together, yeah. Uh, the psychology of crowds is very interesting. There are a couple of like headliners, right? And one of the things we think about is the idea of mob mentality. Oh yes, right. It's usually categorized if it's if there's a Venn diagram that exists. It's in the aggressive area. Yeah, right? very rarely I think is there positive mob mentality. We'll get to that. Okay, <laughs> I do know because I I remember this uh, from psychology, intro psychology. I think where they were talking about like if a bunch of people you can do a test right where there's one person who's not in the know and everyone else in the elevator is in the know and everybody's like facing to the right instead of forward Mm -hmm. and the person in the elevator will like almost invariably like get in and turn to the right too just because everyone else is doing it yeah that i mean that makes sense i'd be like i guess this is how we're supposed to do it yeah um so one of the people who uh who has started this this crowd psychology was Gustave Le Bon. Oh yes, that's a very oh. very like psychological name. Is it? Doesn't that sounds like someone who's I a psychologist? I thought that you recognized this. No. no, okay. I was just gonna say somebody who's just like Steve Jones. He can have any <laughs> job, but whatever name you said, Gustave Le Bon. That's a psychologist. Um, well, not only was he a psychologist, he was also an anthropologist. He studied medicine, sociology, and physics. And he shot at anthropology. Uh, no, he didn't. <laughs> didn't okay. exist. I'll just be over here. <laughs> um, so he has a book called The Crowd, A Study of the Popular Mind. Um, and he's credited with the first person to coin this term, this idea of mob mentality. So... What he did was he argued that while a crowd is made up of individuals, their individuality is overshadowed by whatever kind of common goal they're sharing, right? So this makes sense in a way, right? Sporting events, um, you can get swept up in the, in the, the excitement or the, de- the devastation, I have many times a sport I do not actively care about, uh, mostly soccer, I will be like in a bar where a big soccer game is playing yeah. and people get interested in it and they start cheering. And so like, yeah, I start paying attention too. it happens. Of course you do. Uh, same thing. I mean, it runs the gamut of emotions. Also funerals, right? Mm-hmm. You may not have weddings, per- weddings. You may not particularly know the people involved, but the collective kind of feeling of the room may amplify your own feelings. This is why anyone who's ever done theater or any kind of performance really will tell you 
there is a different energy to a full room than a half full room. Right? Absolutely. Because no one wants to be the first person to laugh. And, you know, even even like uh, drama, right? Like, I, this is psychology, right? When people are listening, they're paying attention, and you can hear people, like, gasping and, like, crying. It affects the room differently. So And also, are, haven't oh. you had that experience, or I've had the experience, where I've seen a movie in a theater and thought it was really good, uh-huh. uh, and then I watch it at home and think, oh, this wasn't as good as I remembered. And it's not because it's on a different screen. It's because I don't have the reinforcement of the crowd. Yes, absolutely. That makes complete sense. That actually happened. I went and saw Anchorman in a crowded full theater, and I was like, this is hilarious. And then, like, a week later... My older brother Justin and I went to like a matinee and there were like three other people in there. And we got like 10 minutes in and we're like, this is not good. And we <laughs> snuck out of that theater and went and watched iRobot instead. Yes, I have That's that just a true with- story. Yes. I, ha- I have a true story. Um, I don't know if Gustav has written about it, but I had that experience with The Hangover, which actually I thought was a good movie. But second time, not very crowded room, not that good. And then you watched iRobot. That's right. Every- then it I all met comes up back to iRobot. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so there are there are three kind of umbrellas that uh, Laban puts these uh, these feelings under, right? And why they occur. The first one is anonymity. Oh right? yes. So being part of a crowd makes it so that the crowd becomes its kind of own thing, and you are just a cog in the machine. I think that that because that that's one of the most interesting. There's a lot of psychology experiments you can find that are really fascinating about as soon as you take the onus of responsibility off Mm -hmm. of one person and you spread it even to like two or three people or someone in charge telling them what to do their morals become a lot more pliable as soon as they don't think the buck stops with them with uh, responsibility which is very terrifying and true there's there's some really really scary uh, psychological experiments where the one that I'm thinking of is there was an experiment. I, I won't go into it because it's too dark for our friendly or family friendly podcast. It's, it's Are you talking about the Milgram experiment? Yes. Yeah. So if you want to have a bummer time, look that up. <laughs> um, but it, like you said, it, it makes you feel kind of invincible, right? As part of this machine that's been created. That's one of the reasons why people say terrible things on the Internet. This whole idea of amenity is like uh, nobody knows who I am. I'm just part of the ether. Mm-hmm. It and doesn't really matter what I think. It's just as long as I find the group that I belong to. And it's anonymity and a sea anemone both ways, <laughs> right? Because like if you use the example of like a, uh, a like football game, right? Half the crowd is yelling at the other half of the crowd, but... I guarantee you take any two of those people and pluck them out and say, now yell at each other. Right. They're going to be like, no, I don't know them. Right. Now, there will be some people. I've been to football games (laughs) or I've seen people do it. So um, the second umbrella is contagion, which is one of the reasons why something so ridiculous as is this dress blue and white or what is no way is it black, black and, and blue white? or white and gold right uh why that kind of thing can spread so fast so in a crowd setting and the internet counts as a crowd setting oh yes um every action becomes contagious this is why memes work why things go viral even if you don't know exactly what it might mean or the implications of what's happening 
you share it because you see that it has so many shares. Yes. Right? You want to be part of the crowd that's sharing the thing. Exactly. This is how things like the Tide Pod Challenge happen. That was Blech. nothing. It was nothing. It, was, it wasn't real. But people talk about it. But people talked about it. Even though you weren't doing a challenge, the idea of the challenge spread like wildfire just because of the, the idea that I want to be in on the thing that yeah. everybody else is in on. But there is good. But like you said, there is a good option than that because we had the ice bucket challenge to like raise money and get some stuff. Absolutely. Would that be like an urban myth too? Would you put that one in in that umbrella? Oh, the Tide Pod challenge. No, I think that she's saying the contagion, right? Like I know someone who this happened to, or like a friend of my cousins, or whatever said that. Or like the mo, like remember how fast the Momo? I mean, I guess that one's playing on fear, but that's still still a crowd is carrying it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, I would. And then the last one is probably the most dangerous. It's the idea of suggestibility. And I think mm. that's what you were talking about, Travis, in the um, in the elevator. Yes. You know, that's a very small sample, right? But if a person is in a crowd for a specific amount of time, I'm not sure what that is. Though. And I'm sure it varies from person to person. Yeah. Uh, they enter into kind of this hypnotic state. Right. That once them that helps them to conform, helps them to follow the leader, helps them to do what everybody else is doing. Um, and this is the, I mean, obviously, one of the reasons why uh, this is so dangerous is because in the wrong hands, a powerful leader can lead a group in what uh, they wouldn't normally do individually. Yes, but everyone else is doing it. It's that would you jump off a bridge thing, you know? It's peer pressure. It's group uh, group think. If you want a good example of this, I always think about this when you see, like, a line of people waiting for a thing and they're getting really frustrated, and it's moving in, like, inches. You know, one person moves forward, and someone will move forward, and the person behind them won't move forward. Oh, And everyone yeah. behind them will get, like angry <laughs> even though nobody's going anywhere yeah. right mm-hmm. but the thing to do is step forward why aren't you stepping forward we're all supposed to be stepping forward what are you doing we need to we need to ready our minds for this i know we do but we're going to disney for vacation and oh uh, you know what let's talk about crowd etiquette and what we can do because we have a ton of questions that we can get to well i hold on okay i didn't want to leave us with such a Bleak. Oh, okay. Then say something nice. Okay. There, there is a there's a doctor named Doctor John Drury, from uh, and and in his TED talk at Sussex. It's University. a pretty good doctor name. Oh wait, Doctor British? Drury? I don't know because Drury is a very good British doctor name. Yes. Okay. It is. Um, he believes that the idea that a crowd is inherently violent is mistaken. Um, so what he says is that this idea of the madness that's created by the crowd, like I said, isn't inherently violent. It can actually be viewed as a power of collective identities. Um, and statistically speaking, if you analyze a lot of crowds, the, the incidence of violence is so low. Um, and it's, it's probably because what a crowd needs in order to demonstrate violence is a target. Mm. Um, so it won't it won't spontaneously become something like a riot. But once you have crowd versus crowd, or crowd versus authority, or, or crowd, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. At, that's when when there is the presence of the other. 
is when the violence happens. Um, also, the idea that he um, he thinks that it's a form of collective, not only like individuals, but intelligence, especially in the Internet age mm. where I and I think that this makes a lot of sense when you're talking about like dismantling stereotypes where everybody has a voice um you can't uh, we now find that because everybody can comment everybody has an equal footing uh things like maybe um false information can be sussed out a lot easier um you find that people in like comment sections often seem to take sides right and that's not always a bad thing it can lead to better discussion it can lead to uh, more information things like that um, and so really all you have to do is shift the mentality shift the focus of the group in order for it to lead to engagement and strengthen relationships and more information being shared and things like that where it becomes less of this idea of mob mentality and more community which oh, are nice. very similar ideas but the connotation of the word is completely different right yeah i also think that when you say community it values individuality the strength of a group of individuals where mob mentality seems to say like get in line and think the same way like a crowd full of individuals Versus just an anonymous clump. Right. But if I, so like if we go back to the Venn diagram idea and we say crowds at the top, right? We have the two circles of mob mentality and community and they overlap a lot. A great example of this that I still think about is one of the most positive things I've ever seen. So when we went on the Joko cruise uh, this past year, um, we set up for this big land concert uh, where all the bands set up and uh, the headliner was They Might Be Giants, right? That was like the big headliner of the concert. And just before they were about to go on, it just started pouring rain. And it was an outdoor open air concert and it was like a, a deluge. Like it, they could not continue. So they had to break down the concert and everybody had to like start heading towards the ship. And so there was what probably two thousand soaking. I land. was already on the ship. You so are already back. Don't time. look at me okay. for confirmation. There were like two thousand people soaking wet, waiting in line to get back through. You know, security back onto the boat, and they were all in great spirits to the point where, as the crew and the band came hustling through, moving instruments and equipment and stuff back onto the boat, everybody cheered for them. You know, like to say thank you for trying. And then we ended up putting the concert on on the ship and everybody loved it and it was like this coming together of as you said community right yeah. where it's so easily and understandably could have been about frustration and disappointment but instead everybody like made the choice to be positive and work together and support each other and it's one of the most like inspirational things i've ever seen not to get too dark, but I think after 9-11, you saw that. Like, a lot yeah. of people suddenly felt like a community, whereas before we were just these disparate individuals. Absolutely. Yeah. Woohoo, crowds. Crowds can be good. <laughs> now, we're going to say a thank you notes to some sponsors, and then we'll be back with your questions. 
Hello, my friends. It's me. It's Travis. I'm recording this at a separate time than when we recorded the other thing. You probably might have picked up on that since I'm the only one here and Allison and Teresa aren't. And I could give you some funny story about why they're not here. But we just we recorded this at a different time. It's not important. I want to tell you what is important. And that's our sponsors for this episode. First, we're sponsored by Quip, which, listen, we've talked about it before. I love Quip. I found myself recently, I went on like an overnight business trip somewhere and I left my Quip toothbrush at home. I had to use the toothbrush that was provided for me by the hotel. And listen, I was so glad they had it, but it just wasn't, it wasn't the same. I miss my Quip toothbrush so much. Why is Quip so great, you ask? Well, Quip features sensitive sonic vibrations, a built-in, oh, I should mention it. Quip is a toothbrush. It's like an electric toothbrush, but it's great. And it features sensitive sonic vibrations, a built-in two-minute timer for an effective clean that's gentle on your sensitive gums. And that's the thing. I've got those tender gums. I do. Listen, I'm not afraid to admit it. I am tender, and so are my gums. And most uh, electric toothbrushes, they're just too powerful. They hurt my gums. Not Quip. Quip's great, it's effective, and gentle. It's amazing. And the multi-use cover doubles as a mirror mount. You can stick it to your mirror or use it as a travel cover, which is what I do. Brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5. The new kids' brush is the same as the original, just, you know, sized down for kids. So, Quip is perfect for helping you get back into a routine, and it starts at just $25. If you go to getquip.com schmanners right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack free at G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com schmanners. Go check it out. Also, I want to tell you about HelloFresh. As you know, we macroize, we love our meal subscription services. And HelloFresh is one of my favorite. Everything comes in the box and it's separated by meal into individual bags. You just pull the bag out, boom, you're ready to make a delicious meal at home. Uh, it's, It's easy, it's straightforward, the instructions are clear, and it's delicious. And it has more five star recipes than any other meal kit, so you know you'll get something delicious. And you can easily change your delivery days, food preferences, and skip a week whenever you need. So, For a total of $80 off in your first month, that's $20 off your first four boxes, visit HelloFresh.com slash Schmanners80 and enter promo code Schmanners80. That's HelloFresh.com slash Schmanners80 and promo code Schmanners80 for a total of $80 off your first month. Go, go, start eating now. What are you waiting for? Go! Also, we want to say an incredibly special thank you to our researcher, Alex Rouse. Without her, this episode would not have been possible. She is absolutely incredible, and we are so grateful for her. So thank you, Alex. Hi, I'm Dave Hill from Show Business. And while I'm not from Canada, my grandfather Clarence Vincent Blake Sr. was, and he wouldn't shut up about it. My grandfather moved on to that great penalty box in the sky way back in the 80s. Still... All these years later, I can't help but wonder, what do we really know about Canada and its people? Which is why my friend Chris Gersbeck and I decided to make So, You're Canadian. Brand new podcast from the Maximum Fun Network, on which I attempt to get to know our neighbors to the north, one Canadian at a time. Coming to Maximum Fun, August 27th. And I'm not sorry. 
Listen, I'm a hotshot Hollywood movie producer. You have until I finish my glass of kombucha to pitch me your idea. Go. All right, it's called Who Shot Ya? A movie podcast that isn't just a bunch of straight white dudes. I'm Ify Whitey the new host of the show, and a certified BBN. BBN? Buff black nerd. I'm Alonzo Duraldi, an elderly gay and legit film critic who wrote a book on Christmas movies. I'm Drea Clark, a loud white lady from Minnesota. Each week, we talk about a new movie in theaters and all the important issues going on in the film industry. It's like Guess Who's Coming to Dinner meets Cruising. And if it helps seal the deal, I can flex my muscles while we record each episode. I'm sorry, this is a podcast? I'm a movie producer. How did you get in here? Iffy, quick, start flexing. Bicep, lats, chest. Who Shot You? Dropping every Friday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, our first question is from Kate. Kate asks, for navigating crowds, say at Disney... Is it rude slash counterproductive to hold hands and then make your way to your destination? Is it okay for three people but not six? Well, okay. So what I want to mention here is at that point, it's about speed. And Kate does specifically say like a chain. So I imagine yes. Yes. Not, so not a cross. One but- person poking the hole through yes. the crowd, right? And mm. then the next people following through that that line I think is fine I think that's okay um it goes with speed and urgency right you need to stay calm you need to say excuse me if you can um just so that people know that you're coming up maybe behind them um but I think that if you go nice and slow and don't expect to like run anybody over Red Rover style. Yes, do not. Hey, <laughs> do not Red Rover. Um, and that also, can be don't a very don't do this tactic. on roller skates. Yes, yeah. don't do it on roller skates. I uh, I will say so here. Okay, here's Travis McRoy crowd top tips. Number one, <laughs> uh, move with purpose. Doesn't have to be fast. I don't think you need to run right in a crowd. That's bad, right? People pushing and hurrying, that's a good way for people to get knocked down or worse, right? But move with purpose, right? If you know where you're going, move forward. But the number one most important, this is the most important, is awareness, right? Sure. This is the difference between- Don't throw your elbows around, for sure. (laughs) This is the difference between like 21-year-old Travis and 35-year-old Travis, is awareness of your surroundings, but also awareness of other people. I've had people like not look where they're going, almost crash into like- baby carriage yeah like baby stroller which is frustrating but also like there are people in wheelchairs there are people with canes there are people on crutches there are people on scooters like you have to be aware there are children for god's sake like if you're just looking straight ahead who will think of the children who will think of the children (laughs) they're Um, our future the children are thank you allison thank you for having the bravery to say it um but you need you need to have that awareness um, because that's what makes it that's what makes the experience better for everyone. You know, if everyone is making sure to stay out of everyone's way, everyone will have a better experience. Yes. So does this mean put the phones away? I think here's the thing though, we run into now there's like apps that like give you a map of the park and schedules right. on it. I I think it's all about if you're going to be the one on the map, you can't be the one in the front of the line. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. you're you're the navigator at that point, so you need a driver at the front. You know. Um, well, this goes. This is a great question. This is for Katie. Uh, Katie asks, "What's the best way to quote pull over in a large crowd to stop and check your phone, take a picture, look at a map?" And I think Katie has already touched on the best answer, which is 
pull over. Right. Yes. Move towards the periphery, the edges. Um, and I will say that this is something I especially try to keep in mind as I'm pushing a stroller. I'm taking up even more space, right? So, like, if we have to stop, I'm going to try to get over by some benches or something. Also, because I like to sit down. <laughs> do you ever run into that? Like, what's your, what, what do you do when you have to check your phone, Allison? Um, well, I know, I just have to say, uh, I know we're not talking about driving, but literally pulling over when I need to do something on my phone when I'm driving and I have one or two kids in the car with me is a new thing that I've been doing because I used to be very bad about texting and driving. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially just cause I have a terrible sense of direction. So I'm always uh, needing to use ways on my phone. And I used to be someone who would just like, you know, I would start driving and then I would type in where I'm going and find it. And now it's just so much simpler to literally pull over. So yeah, if I uh, have the stroller with me and I need to check my phone, I just tuck, I try to tuck into an area that's out, you know, on the side. Um, and it's not just out of respect for everyone else. It's also for my own safety so that yeah. I won't get bumped into. Yeah, absolutely. So you don't like fall over, I don't know, into a pond or a bush or something, you know, that's right. I don't want to fall into a pond with my child. No, of course not. I would also say, uh, specifically for the map, take as much time you need once you're over the side. Take as much time as you need to figure out exactly where you're going and then go instead of, like, looking briefly, having to stop in 10 yards to look again. Right. right? A stitch in time, as they say. <laughs> okay, this is a question from Allie. Advice on how to maintain some kind of personal bubble in crowded areas without actively throwing elbows, which is totally unschmannerly. <laughs> um, one of the things that uh, that I found as a suggestion is use your uh, maybe a backpack or your handbag or whatever you have with you to help you take up space. Mm. Um, because there are certain areas like say on the subway where one should take off their bags and put them like on the floor between their feet or on their lap. But in a crowded area that you're trying to navigate, you can use those parcels to your advantage. Um, and I'm not saying like, again, don't like throw yourself, your stuff around, but you get a little extra space with a backpack or a handbag or something like that um, just because people don't want to run into you. And that's a good way to, to passively encourage people to part a little bit for you. Yeah, it's like if you see a bear, you want to make yourself as big as possible. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Here's the thing. I, I was kind of holding back my answer, right? Because I'm a, a fairly broad-shouldered person who just naturally takes up a lot of space. So it's a lot harder for like me to get squished in. That said, I do often find myself feeling very passive in a crowd where if I feel someone kind of start to enter my space, I'll like twist my shoulders to mm. give them more room. And pretty soon I've like given away all of my room. Yeah. Where if I didn't twist my shoulders, if I just stood there... Right, I would keep my bubble. Now, this is what I'll say though, because okay. I'm I'm big into the personal bubble in a crowded area. I have realized that if I want to maintain the amount of space that I am comfortable with, it means I'm probably not going to be able to get as close to the front as I would like. So yes. I I have I'm willing to sacrifice being closer to the front of whatever the crowd is 
to have a little bit more room, a little bit more maneuverability, an easier time getting out, getting to the bathroom, getting to concessions or whatever. So I just tend to stay towards the back more. And I am willing to sacrifice my view of the festivities to stand directly behind you and <laughs> bask in your bubble. That's fine. I hey, do that a lot. You're allowed in my <laughs> bubble anytime. Because I'm only 5'2". And, and um, I'm 8'6". No. But you are at least a head taller than me. Mm-hmm. And I, I recall we were in a piano bar in New York. And it, it really is so close. Packed in like sardines. Because everybody wants to be at the piano singing. And, you know, everybody's drinking. And personal space kind of shrinks in that way. But... I found that if I was standing directly behind you, either facing you or even back to back with you, I had so much more room. Yeah. And the crowd, the crowd just, it, you were like an umbrella for me. It was really great. And also when you did that, I wasn't afraid of people sneaking up on me, which is nice. <laughs> so now thank see, you for the- What I'm wondering though is, Teresa, why wouldn't you go in front of Travis? Because then your view would not be blocked by him. Um... Because no one wanted to stand behind me. People Mm. were trying to cut in front of me. Oh, 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 I see. Right. Got it. She she was in your wake. Yes. People wanted to be in front of Travis so they could see and they could do things. But I, I know that a piano is a, is a, (laughs) is an audible form. Yes. As is singing. As is singing. So Mm. there's nothing really to see except the movement of the fingers on the keys. So uh, I I was perfectly content to be behind him in his little umbrella space. That is often the math I will do of like, is there a benefit to being close to the front? You know what I mean? Like, for example, if I was trying to like crowd towards something and there's like a limited number of things we're getting. Sure, that makes sense. Right. But if you're on like a raked audience where you can see the stage just as easily 10 rows back as in the front row, maybe it's better to be in the 10th row. Yes, (laughs) that's fine. Uh, this question is from Samantha and I hope you two have an answer because I do not uh, Samantha asks I hate confrontation how do you handle a line cutter oh boy mm. uh, so this is one of the things that I say a lot uh, inside, inside schmanners for you Allison okay you have to decide how much it's worth to you because if it is say a line at an amusement park where everybody's gonna get on right Right. they're not gonna stop the stop it just in front of you (laughs) that one person in the extra car like it doesn't matter all you have to do is calmly remember that them being in front of you is just a drop in the bucket to everybody else in front of you but if it is like Travis said, if it's a first come, first serve type thing where like the first 50 people in line get um, get whatever it is. Like if you're looking like a Black Friday thing right, or you're thinking sure. about like movie tickets or theater tickets. Um, I, I think that once you decide that it's worth it to you, um, if you are close enough to speak to the person without yelling... I think that is when you can interfere and say, hey, man, we've all been waiting in this line. um, And for you to jump in front of us, it's not cool. Don't you like don't you understand how how 
it makes us feel when we've been waiting here and you just got here. Something like that. But you need to be close enough in proximity because, I mean, we're talking about mob mentality a little earlier. If you start this fight yeah, and it sounds like a fight that you're yelling at someone like, hey, what are you doing? Get out of here. It'll escalate so quickly. Right. That's what we don't want. If we're not into confrontation, I guess if that floats your boat. Don't. Hey, there's no need for that. Here's. Oh, can I make a suggestion? Sure. This this uh, little passive aggressive maneuver. Oh, uh, the line actually starts back there. Uh-huh. Right. Because then it's like, oh, you didn't mean to. Oh, what a what a misunderstanding again, we've got here. You need to be close enough to the situation. They need to be two or three people in front of you. If you if you're in the back of the line and you see someone cut at the front and you yell, hey, line starts back here. Hey, hey, then uh, the, uh, then things could go south quite quickly. You could also do this. If somebody cuts, then you cut in front of them. And if they get mad at you, you say like, hey, ah, and then they cut in front of you. And pretty soon you're at the front of the line. That's, that's not I had an works. incident at the DMV. It was, a you know, as the DMV usually is, an extremely, extremely long line. But when you finally got to the front, there were like 10 chairs. And the person, uh, like, further in line, there was an empty chair ahead of me. Uh, and all of a sudden, this older lady sits down in the chair, like, cutting in front of everyone. And she said, they told me to go to the end of the line. And I said, I think the end of the line is over. Because she went to the front of the line. And Which I said, is an end of the line. <laughs> yeah, just not the one that was... Uh, meant by the person who told her so she's like they told me to go to the end of the line and I said oh this is the you know I think they meant they mean that end and then she plops down and she goes you don't mind do you I just can't handle this line and I said uh none of us can handle this line but I didn't do anything about it and I sat there and I fumed about it and I'm still irritated but that was Mm. a real like I don't quite know how to handle this I was unpleasant toward her I mean in my own passive aggressive way I let her know that I wasn't thrilled with this but I also was like I this is not my fight really and it's just one extra person and that's yeah I mean I think that you did exactly the right thing you you made that split second decision of how much is this worth to me yeah I will also say um listen I try to be really schmearly but when I am an old person, I'm going to cut all kinds of lines <laughs> because my time is very valuable to me at that point. Mm, yeah. Also, I would say that, like, I've probably done a lot of stuff. I've worked pretty hard. I've contributed a lot to society at that point. It's my turn to cut in line. Wouldn't you rather see an older person cut in line than, like, a young kid with a backwards cap and a skateboard? I'm yes. saying, who would you rather be cut in line by? Yeah, yeah. I'd rather, like... Betty White cuts in line than Avril Lavigne. That's the young. Yes. That's the young person with the baseball cap that I've decided just is cutting. I would like to check in on Avril Lavigne though. So if she wanted to cut in line, I have a lot of questions for her. Yeah. Um. I. I wh- speaking of questions, I got one last question here. This is from Eli. Any idea how to politely get through a crowd that is going the opposite way that you're going? Oh man, swimming upstream. Yeah. Um. Two magic words, Eli. Excuse me. Yes, certainly. I, I I think that's a given. But uh, do we think that Eli should go through the center or through the sides? Uh, I say the center. Side. Oh, see, I knew that this would be the thing. 
Okay. This would be the thing. Why do you think center? For some reason, I feel like it's going to be easier, actually. And I don't know why. But, like, I'm figuring, okay, just to go back to the concert, like, let's say everyone's leaving and you left your, I don't know, uh, phone in your seat or whatever and you got to go back. I just – because I think people – here's what I think. People think that the sides are going to move faster, so you're going to be encountering more resistance if you try to go up the side. Ooh, okay. See, I said center originally, but now I think my actual answer is you just got to look for openings. I don't think there is any correct. That's how I move through. Um, I move through conventions. It's just like if I see, you know, it's like changing lanes, right? Right. When it's like I need to get around these people. Oh, here's an opening. I'm going to change lane. I'm going to move forward till there's a safe passing distance. That kind of stuff. I think you just need to do the same thing because listen. When you're moving through a crowd, it's not everyone's job to walk at your pace. It is your job to make sure you don't run into people. And the way you do that is by awareness. Right. Looking for those openings. So that is how I would move through to get back. Also, uh, say excuse me just repeatedly every time. Because even if you say excuse me, by the 10th person you get to, they probably didn't hear you say excuse me. And now they just think you're rude. Um, Now, do you also say sorry? Because I know that oftentimes people apologize too much. But I think I would be... Like leaning pretty heavily on, excuse me, sorry, excuse me, sorry, sorry, excuse me, excuse me, sorry. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yes. Uh, also, turn a little sideways. Don't, yeah. don't just yeah. walk straight forward. Make your profile smaller so it's easier to scoot between people. That's why I think sides, especially in a venue that has walls where you could kind of like hug the wall and, and shimmy, like sidestep. And shimmy down the wall. And maybe jump over some trash cans and do some parkour. Maybe swing from a sconce. Only if you have one of those web shooters. Yeah, if you have a web shooter and you could swing from a sconce. Huh? That'd be great. You know, yes, definitely make use of any sconces or uh, or um, things on the walls. You know, I'm going to change my answer. Because okay. I think now I'm actually thinking, if I'm imagining a theater, I'm thinking the side, you might be able to scooch best on the side. Yeah. Well, because you can put the wall at your back. See, that's what I was saying is that because you can, yeah. like, get against the wall and now you're not trying right. to be between two people or more. You're trying to like, you just have one person kind of going around you. When um, when Greg Fitzsimmons and I, that's who I host uh, Childish, my parenting podcast with. When dropper. he and I, <laughs> did I drop the name of the podcast or his name? Both. Both. Uh, yeah, a double name drop. Um, when he and I were like thinking of segments and also when we were just trying to figure out what, what our podcast was going to be, he had suggested codependent crossfire because we both have a habit of starting with one opinion and then we hear the other one out and then we're like, oh, you know what? You're right. <laughs> <laughs> like the opposite of like really strident right wing radio. Yes, but this anyway, it's very easy going. Like, what did you say? Oh, OK. Yeah. That's a good yeah. Point. Oh, you know what? Actually, yeah. So anyway, you guys just codependent crossfired me because I started by saying you go down the middle and now I've changed and I'm thinking you should go down the side. Well, we've done it again. Another guest converted. Um, <laughs> so that's going to do it for us. Thank you, everybody, for the questions you sent in. Uh, and hey, Allison, tell us a little bit about Childish, where we can listen to it, what you guys talk about it on it, why people can listen, all that stuff. I will. Uh, so it's on everywhere you get podcasts. It's called Childish. It's Greg and me. Um, we talk about parenting. We talk about marriage, talk about relationships. We talk about a 
because we both deal with um, depression. And so we talk about that uh, and just sort of the experience of trying to be reasonable, well-adjusted adults in uh, this crazy world. And we also take questions from listeners and we have a segment called Explosive Diary, which we sometimes do where we read from our diaries and we also make fart sounds to introduce the segment because we're very mature. I have two very young kids. He has two teenagers, one of whom is getting ready to, to leave in like a a week or something so we come at parenting from different vantage points and it's just a lot of fun we have a lot of listeners who don't have kids too you definitely don't need to have children so wherever you listen to podcasts childish our website is childishpod.com and i'm not sure when this show will be airing will it be airing before or after september 3rd this will be coming out this week oh wonderful um September 3rd, we are doing our very first live show, and our guest is Andy Richter. So if you go to oh, childishpod, wow. yeah, we're super excited about it. So if you go to childishpod.com, uh, you can find uh, a link that'll take you right to where you can get tickets. It's at the Comedy Store out here in LA in the belly room of the Comedy Store. Tickets are just $5. And then also uh, check out Allison Rosen is your new best friend, which Travis, you've been a guest on. Teresa, you have to come on that show. You Absolutely. I think I've been on a couple times at this yes, point. Yes, you have. Uh, we're best friends. That's right. Uh, um, and yeah, and I also want to say thank you to Sahara. Sahara, I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. It might be Sahara. If it's, I'm sorry. Either way. Um, but I appreciate this was the topic suggestion uh, that Sahara sent to our email, spannerscast at gmail.com. If you have ideas for episodes specifically, uh, right now we need a good Orlando topic. So if you have a good Orlando-related topic, uh, please send it in to spannerscast uh, at gmail.com. Uh, go check out all the other amazing shows on MaximumFun.org. That is our podcast network. There's a ton of great ones over there. Um, I'm going to be at uh, Dragon Con this weekend. So uh, you can check out TravisMacroid.com for my whole Dragon Con schedule, including Q&As, photos, signings, and more. Uh, let's see. What else, Teresa? Well, we always thank Brent Bruntelfloss Black for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Um, also, thanks to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. And Twitter is where we put out the call for all those listener questions that you heard. And you can um, follow us at SchmannersCast and submit your own questions when we uh, release the topics. Um, also, thank you to Bruja Betty uh, Pinup Photography for our Facebook cover banner thing. Mm. <laughs> I still don't know what that's called. Um, it's a beautiful picture for the fan run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners, which you should join if you love giving and getting excellent advice from other fans of Schmanners. Uh, and one last, once again, thank you, Allison, for being on the show. An absolute pleasure. It didn't thank feel you so crowded much for having at all. Me. Oh, it was no. nice. Can I throw out my socials because um, yes. I definitely uh, base my self worth on my number of followers. So always looking to get that up, especially on the childish accounts. Absolutely. So uh, childish pod on Twitter and Instagram. And then I'm Allison Rosen on Twitter and Instagram as well. Perfect. Wonderful. Uh, and that's going to do it for us. Join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.